My name is Dimitri, and I'm a productivity and minimalism enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and ethics enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets philosophy. And what it means to build a better life. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you are not on our private subscriber feed, and you will only be hearing a portion of this episode. If you'd like to listen to the full-length episode, you'll need to go to riseproductive.com membership or sign up on your favorite podcasting app for exclusive access. From there, you'll also get access to our exclusive newsletter, the weekly pour-over, our private members-only Slack community, and any other subscriber-only content. So if you enjoy what we are doing here, please consider becoming a member. Back when I used to raid lead on World of Warcraft, uh, in order to get the attention of people, I used to do that thing where like, you know, you go like into the mic and you, you like just start eating it just to, to get people to stop talking when like we needed to focus up. It was pretty entertaining. So before the call, Chance and I were, were doing our little mic checks and uh, Chance um, broke my ears. So I'm still concussed. So we'll see how the the rest of this goes. It's a it's a legacy of mine to eat into the into the microphone in middle school. If you ate into the 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 microphone when we were on the Xbox Live chat, we were probably affiliated. We were probably good friends. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I miss those days. Those are those are those are so much simpler. Oh, the times were so simple. I would just get home from school, have a Mountain Dew and some <laughs> cheddar jalapeno Cheetos. Do homework in front of the TV and then get on Skyrim. I think a lot of those things stayed the same. You just you subtracted <laughs> some things. You subtracted some things. Like you still got the jalapeno, <laughs> flaming hots, Cheetos. You still got that. Now I I I, I don't know. I, I come home, drink coffee, eat jalapeno, and I, I hop on the podcast with uh, Dimitri Panici. Yeah, that and or listening to two British men talk about peeing in a sink. <laughs> that was mind viruses. That was a good episode of not overthinking anyone looking for a good podcast after they listen to this episode of the Rise Productive Podcast. That was a, that was a good episode from Tamar and Ollie. We need more consistent content from them. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, T- Tamar's is so creative. Just like all the different mind viruses he was making up. That was so funny, man. That was great. You know what else is great? You guys, we want to thank you. We had one of our highest weeks a couple weeks ago on the podcast, so we want to thank you for that. Um, we do want you guys to to give us some love and some reviews. I feel like anyone who's new here, uh, please just go into the Apple Podcast section, leave us a little bit of a review action. I just want to hear from the peeps. Uh, I think we're going to save reading one this week. I want a new one. I want a fresh new one. We were reading some old ones, and I want a fresh new one. So if you want to be on the podcast, you're first up in the queue. You know, we got 41 five-star ratings. Give us a four-star rating and be like, make it so it doesn't like like we're that kid who had the A plus and it was like really suspicious when we're hiring him. Can you at least get us to like a 4.8? That'd be great. I had a dream that we got to a 3.9 and I wasn't upset. I was really happy. So I want to see it. Give me a bad review, people. I want bad reviews. But what I want more than that so now what's up with you? How you doing? I haven't seen you in five days, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's only been five days. In those five days, I had become a Loyola graduate. I'm done with my undergraduate career. Thank you. I know. We didn't know if I'd make it. Um, Everyone's like, sure. yeah, how does it feel? How does it feel? And I'm like, feels the exact same. I had a very fake semester. It's not like a 
the past four months were kind of just uh, not a whole lot of school engagement. And so when it was over, I was like, yeah, not much has changed. I guess the, the weather changed. It's a little warmer. It actually feels like summer now. But um, yeah, not too monumentous. And I think coupled with the fact that I will be attending law school next year, we're kind of in that same yeah. semester cycle. Nothing, nothing feels that different yet. I think when I leave the team in another year, things will think, you know, adult life will hit me a little harder. Oh, you feel that 100% when, when that ends, you're like, you get a little sad. You think about like all the time you spent doing those things. I actually, I had a pretty similar, like, I feel the same with my undergrad one too. Um, funny. What? Here's the thing. Did you feel like more accomplished? I feel like, I had such a weird anticlimactic semester when people were like, oh, you must feel so accomplished getting your undergrad degree. I'm like, no, I felt more accomplished writing an ebook in like a week. That was my highlight of the semester, not this, uh, this graduation thing. Like creating content, I feel more accomplished finishing a banger video or like a big piece of content than I did getting my degrees. <laughs> or even, even completing my uh, semester-long projects. I mean, when I walked out of the mm-hmm. presentation for each of those classes, I was like, yeah, like that was what all the, the work went into. And it was like a cool final product, especially the yeah. one for my uh, global studies class. I mean, I was just happy with what I had written and what I had spoken about. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. But then you get up to graduation. Let me tell you, they butchered our graduation. I didn't even tell you this. but um, So we're all missing um, our real graduations on Friday and Saturday for the track or for the uh the conference meet for track okay and so we got grouped with environmental science and education and hmm. there were some doctorate and grad uh graduates as well or like uh master's degree graduates and then there was undergraduates on the other side of the venue and we didn't sit with the undergraduates so we were kind of like oh. our own set of undergraduates and a couple of graduate student athletes and we stood up with the first set of uh, undergraduate people when they were moving their tassels and about to go up to get their diplomas. Mm-hmm. And someone sat us back down. They're like, no, you don't stand up yet. Like, you'll get your own thing where you get to stand separately because, like, you'll be recognized as athletes. And I was like, that, that sounds kind of, that seems kind of weird. But I guess that's the only way you can do this seamlessly at this point because they sat us in the wrong spot. And oh. then right when they sat us back down, they were like, actually, never mind. You're going right now, right now. And they had just done an introduction for the school of education for like all those people. And like, I thought they were going to start walking up and then we start walking up, Uh, butchered every one of our names. They didn't say our laudatory, um, accomplishment, like, you know, summa cum laude or whatever. Didn't say our majors. They called, uh, this isn't giving away everything, but just to illustrate how bad all the, uh, the name call outs were, there's a guy on the team named Steven and they, they called him Stephanie. (laughs) <laughs> no they didn't Stephanie. no they didn't it was bad they tried to do like a french accent with my name they're like chance visay <laughs> that's amazing oh my god they really do mess those up bad man it was bad i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna write an email i'm really like proud of the school i go to in a lot of ways but they they butchered it on that one the commencement committee just wasn't ready for the little this the, the small 10 person loop that we threw them into i think did you remember what happened with my name on my virtual graduation? No. <laughs> they, they, they put the wrong name. They put the wrong name entirely? 
they put Dimitri, and then my dad, they put, they put Cataldo Penichi, which is my dad's name, and I was like, yo, um, homies, uh, that, my middle name is my dad's nickname, which is not that, so how the <laughs> hell did this get on my transcript? And it was, it, it, they got it wrong, I was like, what the hell is this? That's it was, crazy. It was just like, how did you, how did you get my, no, my dad's, I'm like, I didn't put my middle name down as Cataldo. I'd never do that. What? Why would it? <laughs> it was like, what? Um, so then, How are you? I'm fine. I mean, actually, I'm doing pretty good. Like, I've been listening to a lot of John Bellion, and, like, I was playing Eyes to the Sky. We were bumping it before this went on, and it was like, I just want to be happy. And, uh, honestly, I feel pretty good. A lot of good things in life. I'm going into the office tomorrow is weird because we're always been remote but they're doing this thing where like i don't know some like client or something so I, I don't know what i should and shouldn't say but somebody's coming into the office so i'm going because other people are going in and um yeah and then i'm not going to be there for long uh this is going to come out next week so by the time this comes out i think i will have finished this job i'm switching positions um to a new job it's pretty official signed everything by the time it comes out i will have probably announced it on linkedin so I'm I'm pretty happy about it. I think I loved the people I worked with at this last job, and it's just like it's been really sad. Like you saw the Snapchat, like they pranked the hell out. They're pranking the hell out of me. I gave them three weeks notice, <laughs> and these girls who I work with are like on on uh, Teams. They're putting their backgrounds as things to just mess with me. They're taking thumbnails from my YouTube videos and trolling me. <laughs> it's impressive. I'm like guys, I gotta give you an applause. I got it. Ah. That's a, the the one you sent me today where it was like the side-by-side videos of you like frowning and then smiling. And yeah. The, there was an arrow going towards the frown. Uh-huh. I was like, I mean, it shows you're going to be missed, but man, that was funny. I I appreciate the sentiment. Like, I was just like, guys, you did be dirty because it's, it's the video, uh, the number one indicator of productivity, and it shows me going from... <laughs> it's got an arrow of me going from not happy to happy like a big frowny to big smile and then they they x'd out that arrow and put another one in to go in the other way and i'm like <laughs> you guys are clowns and then the other day they put um another one that was a a picture of me and just put hello traitor on the top <laughs> just like, oh i saw that one that was funny i'm like guys i i loved working with you it's it's gonna be i'm gonna miss it so it's just sometimes opportunity comes and you gotta, yeah. So with that, with the weather better, uh, recently I've gone and you've seen probably some snaps of it. Like I'll just go outside and I have a shake every day and I'll just have that after my fast ends outside in my backyard. And it's really nice to like feel warmth. Yeah, it looks peaceful out there. It's just like the the sun is the sun is shining. There's like you have some nice grass, which I kind of lack here in the city. Yeah, you just get to you get to hang out out there, and you're running, you're getting out there. The second the weather got better, I was my parents are like, "Do you miss it?" I'm like, "No," because it's bad out. It's just gross. Like, who wants to run in anything under sixty degrees? It's true. It's true. I actually don't mind the fifties, but um. Yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a hot take for another day. Yeah, but uh, a, a hot take that we're going to talk about is is a principle that we invented that 
is going to be very entertaining to talk about. But to ease into that topic, we're going to do the enthusiast quote of the week, which is, The common man is not concerned about the passage of time. The man of talent is driven by it. Arthur Schopenheimer. Schopenheimer? Schopenheimer? Yeah, big time um, German philosopher. He was super fascinated by time. Um, mm. Yeah, he's got some spooky takes about time. But it, from this quote, I like this because it kind of, it pokes at this, uh, and we're going to get into this in the in the episode, but with the principle we're talking about, but part of what we're going to be talking about here is the idea of multitasking. And I think that many are afraid of this idea of multitasking because two reasons. One, people are afraid that if you're productive and you're multitasking, you don't have time to really take in life. You're just kind of like yeah, ping-ponging back and forth from these different things and it's like, oh, like you didn't do, you didn't like a, absorb either of those tasks really well or really live in it and relish it. And the other concern is kind of intertwined with the first, but it's that you do everything really poorly. And I think Schopenheimer here is kind of saying that neither of these are true. I'm sure the context of which he's saying this quote is maybe slightly different, but it's it still gets at the same point that we can use our time super efficiently. And I think someone who is brave is going to look at time and say, how much can I get done with my time? Not just, can I relish my time as best I can? Yeah, it's true. And and um, I think I actually just had a really good epiphany for this whole topic, which brings in an argument that a lot of people say, you know, you can't multitask. And this is true. But I think what would be good to articulate is what we're trying to talk about. There's there's two different things. And maybe the the definitions we're using are poor, but it's a way to articulate multitasking versus what we're talking about. We're talking about doing what I would like to call the omelet station principle, which basically takes, takes you into ping-ponging action um, where essentially if you are afraid of multitasking, this is not this. Multitasking, from my perspective, is switching between doing tasks. And I want to articulate this. We're talking about switching between action in this episode. So action is doing things that do not take mental effort. It is an act for me to move my hand right now. I don't need to think in order for it to be executed properly. I'm moving my hand up and down. It's, <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's an action. A task is something that requires mental effort to be completed. So we're not talking about multitasking. We're talking about ping-ponging action. So hear me out. In order for your life to, to be functional, unless you have servants everywhere, you're going in or you have a bunch of virtual assistants in the uh, situation we're talking about with like, actions that are tech related because there are things that require so little mental effort you won't mess up and are actions in a in a sense that you just have to move a mouse on a on a computer screen populating the the notion habit tracker complete yes that exactly <laughs> i do not need to do that but i do because you know so to articulate this the omelet station principle occurred to me when i was at a a breakfast uh, buffet the other day and I was like getting my omelet and I immediately went to go get my hash browns my sausage my bacon my little biscuit and I come back and the omelet's ready and then I go back to my table and I do this with everything in life and I have for a long time 
And I always have wondered how people seem to take so long to do chores. And I realized it's because they don't implement the omelet station principle. Because I looked around and I was the only person out of three people. And then if you include the people I saw who were in line that got it before I was in line, basically there was uh, six or seven people I saw. And I was the only one who got up away from the station and got other things while the station was being made. So I made the action to order my omelet. After that, it's automated and out of my hands. Like I can't, I can't do anything about it. I ordered the omelet. Me sitting there is just burning daylight. So then I'm going to go get the other things because I don't really need to think like, oh, would I really like a biscuit? Um, would I really like how many pieces of bacon? No, I'm going to be happy with the amount of bacon and stuff I'm going to grab. I'm hungry and I'm at a buffet. Like I don't need to think about it. This is an action I'm taking. So I'm not multitasking. I'm just letting the one automated action happen or well, actually the automated task happen because someone else is completing it while mm-hmm. I go and do an action that doesn't require thinking. Yeah, and I think that I like your distinction between action and task here, but I think that it can almost be two tasks, but you're just waiting for like, it's just like ping ponging back and forth between these things that take like micro buffer time. Mm-hmm. Like an omelet just simply takes three to four minutes to be cooked. Like you, you that's about how much time you stand there when they get the, the pot nice and already hot for you. It, it's just, it's going to take a couple minutes and like you have to wait, you have to wait for audio to render videos to render laundry to get done and I think that some of these things could be a task. Like you do cognitively have to say like, yeah, can I get this, this and that on my omelet? And you kind of have to maybe cognitively think, yes. I'm going to get hash browns, biscuit, whatever. They might both be tasks and it could be an action as well. But I think the biggest thing here is that there's like some element of buffer time. Yes. And just optimizing that buffer time. And we'll get into this more, but... I was just thinking about this all day today because I was thinking about this podcast episode and earlier, I mean, I did this, I've done this on multiple occasions, but just become more conscious of it as I was mm-hmm. thinking about this principle. Every time I microwave something, I always do my dishes while I'm waiting for the microwave to heat up my food. Good man. Because I, I, I do like to task batch a lot of my dishes, which is kind of a lazy excuse for not doing my dishes immediately. <laughs> But I leave a lot of them sitting there on my counter and it's right next to the microwave. And so whenever I hit something and put it in the microwave, I look over at those dirty dishes and I say, oh, I have two and a half minutes. Let me race through these dishes, a little Parkinson's law, get all those dishes done. Maybe it takes three to four minutes and I'm waiting, you know, the food's waiting on me a little bit, but better than the inverse. I I really like that. I think that's awesome because I've noticed it often in my own life where I just see that with the omelet station. I'm like, why are you waiting at the omelet? Like, what are you? Like, I would rather get five minutes of discourse with my family back, like when I'm eating at the breakfast place, than than just sitting there <laughs> waiting. Like, I, I don't really, like, what, what, what am I doing here for five minutes? So when you do that, like 10 times a day, it's like an hour of time you can get back. And then if you think about that, that's seven hours a week almost 30 hours a month like are we gonna scoff at 30 hours a month now <laughs> no but it's absolutely crazy that people just i mean i'm thinking back to your example now because i want to just imagine this what are they doing no they're waiting what are these people they're just watching the omelet be made now I, I gotta give credit to the track team 
because when we used to have the omelet station in, in Damon, I mean, almost all of us would do this. So I just was like, I'm standing there and I'm like, you know, now I think about it, outside of us, I don't know if many people were doing this, but we had to be a little bit better with our time, I guess, as, uh, as I think about it more, I would say what is surprising about this and what maybe people would be like, oh, but you're multitasking, like focus on one thing at a time. It's like, okay, so uh, do you want like to have food delivered to you at like uh, a third as fast of the time at every restaurant you've ever been to? They'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you do it when you cook. I do it when you cook. Everyone does it when they cook. Well, one thing's cooking, you cook something else. You prep the other thing. That's what Ellie's good cooks do. Exactly. And yeah, and there's no argument for like, oh, like you're multitasking, you're not being present because the people who, we, I was thinking about this too, because we always did it in the Damon, Damon dining hall. You know, we do, I, the first thing I would do is walk over to the Alma station and, and get it started because, you know, it takes yeah. a little while. And I would go walk to the other stations and see what else I would want. And it's not even like it's a speed walk, like it's any kind of rush. It's just, I'm walking around and continue to get everything done. And these other people would just be idling over by the station on their phones. Yeah. Being less present than me. At least I am sitting here cognitively thinking, oh, I'm going to walk away from the omelet station. I'm going to grab some fruit. I'm going to walk back. It's like I'm, you know, noticing my surroundings. It's not just like, I don't know, I I killed some time on Instagram and now my omelet's done. Yeah, I agree. Because this can get into very... This could get into hustle culture territory really quickly, but I'm not making the argument here ever to give yourself 30 hours of time a month to get back just more work. I would reckon to say if you get an hour back a day, I mean, it'd be nice to have an hour of intentional relaxation at the end of the night. I think what I learned from deep work has really impacted me and I don't really work much after, I actually don't work on anything after dinner uh besides the podcast because it's just timing with us but i produce a video every day now so what does that tell you i've gotten better with my time in the mornings and i don't spend more time on the things i've just gotten more efficient with my work and i haven't tried to add too much i just like all these little things because then after work you don't really have to to do anything if you if you do it right. Like if your mornings are really productive, if you're during the days are really productive. Here's an example: big brain stuff, like stuff that people don't even think about. I was gonna break it down into like work examples, rise productive examples, chore examples. All these are interconnected, guys. If you work from home, okay, you're waiting for your boss to answer a question for you on Teams. He's probably gonna take three minutes. Clean the dish that you didn't clean earlier. don't sit on your phone for three minutes that's it it's like do i really need to think about how well i'm going to clean this dish for three minutes no but i do need to do it so it's like i'm just taking all those like two or three minute tasks and moving them into the stupid waiting times and removing the phone and then magically i get an hour back a day exactly and i think the the hustle culture thing is so funny because so many people are like oh, you got like two minutes back, like grabbing all your fruit and other food while you're waiting at the omelet station. But like, you're just going to waste that time talking two more minutes to people at the table. Like maybe not two more minutes, but two minutes sooner. And now I just have a little more time to be leisure. And like, as you say, the aggregate of that can be hours of more leisure time, which is what I want. I don't want like 
just to fill all my time with work at some point it's like i i do things quickly so that i can slow down when it's time to actually slow down what we learned in deep work was something very impactful to me which is the the concept of decision fatigue right and at some point you're gonna hit a point in the day where you can't make really great decisions and you're gonna just want to be blah because that's what you need to do to recharge so my whole thing is why not get rid of all the little things that can be done throughout the day? All the little prep work, all the this, all the that. So then when you're done with dinner at like six, so you get off at work off at five, you finish dinner by 6.30 when you're working from home, for example, you have from 6.30 to probably 10, if you're that person, to literally do jack. Yeah, just decompress. Instead of from 7.30 to 10 to do jack. And if you don't think that an extra hour of time when it comes to relaxation in a row is big then i think you're sleeping on how great it is to have a lengthy time to chill because a lot of people talk about this whole thing i know matt diavella had that one really interesting newsletter that was referenced where it's like uh the people who procrastinate and stay up late they they like have their to-do list that's bothering them and they're like what was that thing you talked about where like you're delegating task to your future self and you're never able to catch up so you're in this spin cycle uh and i was was just like are we just giving people on the internet excuses now for being lazy and staying up till two in the morning because they're <laughs> trying to get so it's like it's that whole thing about like oh you're trying to get this free time back because you never feel like you can relax so you just like procrastinate with yourself on the phone till two in the morning because that's the only time you really feel like you're to yourself okay so then stop waiting for five minutes for your boss to respond to you and go clean the damn dishes and go prep the dinner and don't do and then you'd have like four hours straight after work and you wouldn't feel the need to stay up till two in the morning so that was a bit ranty no but i totally hear that and i think from remote work i think it's super nice i was i don't know why i'm thinking about this but this is me thinking about i think i'm uh dreading going back to the bike shop here a little bit this summer but it's <laughs> probably my in my future i'm thinking about how i want to and i've always tried to ping pong or you know employ the uh we're far enough in here. I'm going to call it the OSP. <laughs> OSP. I try employing the OSP at work at the bike shop. There's some small degree, like um, we're always on our computers responding to all these emails from customers. And when I finally hit in- inbox zero, which will inevitably become inbox one in about five minutes, I just like yeah. finish my log on Strava. I send an email on my other email to an employer and no one's going to be mad about that because my managers know there's nothing to do. I'm just waiting for an email. And so sure. why not? Why not just write out my running log for the day? That has to get done. Why not just send an email to, I don't know, somebody at Loyola, at Loyola Law that needs to get done or whatever have you. Even if it's an in-person job, I, I guess the point of this is just that it doesn't have to just be remote work with True. like being at home. I think it, in this sense, and we learned about this, I believe, where did, where did we learn about task batching? I think that's just the internet. That's just something we've learned. Yeah, I, this is a video I was watching about. Um, I think it was from Captain Sinbad actually. He was talking about different ways you can task batch. Okay. And he talks about geographic task batching. Sure. Yeah. And so, if you're a remote worker and you live at home, it, it, it makes sense to do a lot of housekeeping and stuff like that. But if you're working at a desk job, like I do during the summers, just do other desk tasks that need to get done. Sure. I mean. Log on to your personal account and, I don't know, pay some bills. Send some personal emails. People might give you 
some some slack for that. But if you've done your work and something is rendering or needing to just, if there's just that micro buffer time, why not? I think something that's really particular that you just mentioned was great. And it was, people might give you some, you know, flack for that. But if you are talking to people like us who are really into this stuff and you are yourself are really employing these principles, you're going to be so productive at work that people are just going to assume the best of you and or be like, yeah, there's nothing I can really say. He's, he finished the report in 30 minutes when it takes someone else two hours. Like, what am I going to say to the guy? Like, you literally can't. You can't be <laughs> rude. It's like, like, you finished all your work that's really due by Tuesday, by Monday at three. Why are you on your phone for like two minutes to do something personal. It's like, no, I can't really say that to someone like that. That'd just be ridiculous. Cause then you can look back at them and be like, Hey, have you finished your work that needs to be due by the end of tomorrow yet? And why are you slacking? Why doesn't your brain work faster? <laughs> like, yeah, that's what you could say. And it'd be equally as ridiculous to say, like, why doesn't your brain brain work faster? Doofus. Right. Yeah. I think output talks results talk. Yeah. And I think that even the personality that you carry, if you're someone who, clearly employs these productivity principles, something like deep work. I think that's something that gets recognized by employers. And I mean, at least as a testament from Dimitri, this is anecdotal sure. as apparently all his videos are just anecdotes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, but I think it's true that your output matters a lot more and just your aggregate of work more than just like those little perceptions that like go against the, you know, good old boy, like working the nine to five job. Like it it goes against that little, you know, positive work perception. Yeah. It, you know, and I think it's important to say that like in life, save for the work example, since we seem to be on that point right now, for the work example, you know, I was very much so, 1000% not doing any of this kind of stuff for the first few months at work because I wanted to get that nice impression down. But then I actually did like a Pomodoro tablet or sorry, a Pomodoro timer at work. And I remember um, one of the heads of the company was like, what are you doing? And I explained it to him. It was a really weird conversation. It was really like, like what the heck is a Pomodoro timer? Like explaining that to somebody is just ridiculous at a, at a job because you're like, you're taking a break, but you're not like stopping your timer file. It's like, yeah, but I've finished everything I need to by like tomorrow. And they're like, oh, how? And I'm like, well, I just told you. And they go, huh, I'm going to have to look into that. Then you send them an article and like it gets explained. But my point is doing a lot of this stuff may seem like on the surface, just not working and doing other stuff. I'm never going to say if you can't handle it, don't do it. No, I'm never going to say if you can't handle it, do this stuff. This is just a suggestion for people who feel like in the lulls in their life when they're waiting for the omelet to be cooked that they're just on their phones. There is another option. There's one of two options, in my opinion. Either you can be really intentional and pseudo-meditate every time or two, (laughs) enjoy the extra hour that you gain from this principle a day. And both are solid options, yeah. but I think we're going to talk about the latter here. I mean, I actually had a philosophy professor who, um, in the before class started every time, she's like, it's near the end of the day. I know you've had multiple Zoom classes. We're going to take a moment here, sit up straight, deep breath, 
and out. And I was like, yeah, that's that's beautiful. She's like, you should do that throughout the day. It's really good for you, apparently. Nice. I digress. But um, I was actually just, you know, this ties in really well with the productive brew I did last week, I believe, that just came out now called Take the Stairs. Mm-hmm. Because when we think about the phone as the alternative option, the you know, the you know, actually not a good option, but I suppose it is an option. Mm-hmm. There's this, I, there's certainly some weight to this idea of like a physiological momentum you can build that also plays into your mental momentum. Sure. And so if you think about the way our morning practice used to work, we used to get up, we go to practice, do the run, shower, go to breakfast, we get to the omelet station. <laughs> this could be the first time in your day that you actually get to slow down, stop, and say, okay, like let's let's like take a moment. It's like Relax. be here. That could be fine. But if you use that to be on your phone, you immediately have just stopped yourself physically with no good reason. <laughs> and you've now stopped this productive role that you're on. Like I talk about this with take the stairs because that morning when I noticed that I just smoked this girl up the stairs. And she took the elevator and I was able to actually send an email to an employer in the time before the time she got to the classroom. This is an example of that micro buffer time. But not only that, I'm seizing on this micro buffer time in such a better way by actually staying physically active and keeping my mind more stimulated at the same time. And so I believe that, you know, if you're walking around and then the omelet's done and then you go to breakfast, you can keep this momentum of productivity going where it's like okay i wasn't sitting there idle on my phone which can be a very draining cognitive thing to do and it's like okay well now i'm gonna sit here at breakfast and then i gotta go sit in class it's like no we can be more engaged with the things that we have to do on our to-do list i like that i like that a lot actually funny enough so i was listening to tamer not tamer sorry ollie's uh one of his recent vlogs and then actually did the deep dive podcast. He has a solo podcast with guests and he did a one by himself where he had his um, right hand man at his creatorpreneur company, ask him questions about the book and stuff and what's going to come up with that in his life. And Ali's main thesis of this book is this productivity principles are great, but honestly, what you need to do in life is find things that bring you energy by doing them so that you can be productive because the number one key to productivity is enjoying what you're doing. And it doesn't have to be like, you can hate your job. And he he made this point. He's like, you can hate your job, but you need to try all these different things first before you end up quitting it. Like if all these things don't work and I think the stuff like this really helps because I really find enjoyment in the whole, like, "Ah, I get that extra hour a day. I chill after dinner. I feel great with that. Now, some people may feel better with those small doses of relaxation, but it's the intentionality. And I think the phone is a very good mechanism of, of description of, hey, this is the lack of intentionality we face in society. The default is always on the phone. The default is not real relaxation or action. Yeah, it's very true. And I think that I like this idea of like productivity, productivity principles are good. And you can say that you, yeah, like enjoyment is the biggest thing. And if you say you're going to hate your job, we should, again, act from this presupposition that you're operating with a growth mindset. You're trying productivity principles. Mm -hmm. 
you might not actually hate it. And I think that, yeah, I mean, I was, just, I, I was as I told you, I've been reading The Miracle of Mindfulness mm-hmm. and he talks about being really present with these small tasks you're doing, like cleaning. And it, it's made me create a, a, a more desire, a, a bigger love for cleaning and just being more intentional with how I leave spaces, less messy. Mm-hmm. And now every time I'm waiting for anything in the kitchen or the dining room, like maybe I'm waiting for the sink to clear up so I can do my dishes. I'll just like sweep a little bit, wipe a table, maybe go into my room and I don't know, pick up a couple things. And I've just like enjoyed it so much more than sitting on my phone, even starting a conversation. Yeah. Like I could start this really meaningless conversation that can sometimes stoop to the level of social media, just how it turns into gossip. <sighs> or I can just go be by myself, enjoy some silence, be present with, I don't know, tidying my room, hanging up some shirts on my, in my dresser. Yeah, you know, seeing how your place looked when you were by yourself, when you were working at the bike shop and and the storage place, I can tell you what, you weren't doing that before. So, uh, like, that definitely is good to hear. I wasn't seasoned on the micro buffer time that is uh, waiting for the Jack's pizza to finish getting cooked in in the oven. Here's a great example. Like, do you know how many people probably just sit for 20 minutes on their phone and they think, ah, you know, I'm just going to wait for the pizza. Like if you do that with three, there got to, there has to be three different things that you can think of right off the bat that you people just wait for like pizza in the oven, laundry, hell, you know what? I'm going to be that guy and just say it. This is how stupid I am with this stuff. Guess when I fit my hundred pushups of the day and <laughs> you waiting for a video to render. No, Waiting for the water to get hot in the damn shower. See, but again, I think this is a nice idea of task batching these ideas or um, these tasks together too. I mean, it's something physical. It's something that's about to make you dirty and then you're about to get clean. I, I, I think it sounds ridiculous out loud when I say it. It's like, dude, really? You're, that's when you're doing the push-ups? It's like, yes. Like, what else am I going to do when I'm waiting for the shower to get warm? I'm, I'm, I'm barely clothed, if not not clothed. And... I'm going to sweat probably a little bit or almost sweat. So why would I not? Like, what else am I going to do? Like, I'm not going to go and... Who wants to scroll on social media for two minutes? That's how long it takes me for, to do the 100 push-ups. And that's how long for it takes... Like, I'm not... What else am I going to do in the two minutes? Clean the counter for some people in some cases. Clean the bathroom. That's a great one to do. And this is just like all these random examples come. And then you see people like me and you who now have pretty clean and tidy spaces. I'd say for how much I work at my desk and how much I could be eating at my desk and that kind of stuff. And you too, we have pretty clean desks for people who spend this much time at our desk. And that's a big deal. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I used to sleep on having a tidy space. Like I didn't think it actually mattered at all from a psychological level. But even right now, I have a lot of um, sticky notes scattered on this desk and things just feel a little chaotic. Like I'm going to pick up a few of these after this podcast is done. But when this desk is nice and just really clean, or at least at the, uh, the, the worst it ever gets is that I'll eat breakfast at this desk, but I put the bowl behind me. So it's out of my peripheral view. And so I can't even like see that the place is, uh, yeah. is messy. I think is super solid. This is a good little hack. It but is. I'll tell you how ridiculous the uh, the OSP has gotten for me is that 
and this is another uh, example of task batching or just like associating certain tasks together. <clears throat> well, from our definition, this is one a action and one task, but um, something that takes no mental effort. The action is uh, going number two. <laughs> go to the bathroom. Something I do every morning, probably in the first hour that I'm, I'm awake. And I try to keep myself stimulated because I'm usually in the middle of a deep work session and I don't want to go... I mean, there's not much else to do besides be on my phone. I could bring my book, I suppose, or just sit in silence. But I want to do something that's continued to stimulating me while I'm in this deep work session without completely pulling me away from it. And so the tasks I do is I do Duolingo. Oh. And I've gotten a little bit better at Vietnamese every time I do that now. See, I think that's great because I'm going to be honest. Most people are just on their phone scrolling Twitter or Instagram when they're doing that. It's, I mean, it's a, a little bit of micro buffer time. It sounds a weird way to put it, but you're waiting. Now, from a sanitary standpoint, the most appropriate thing would be to like pseudo meditate while you're taking it up but let's be real nobody does that and i honestly think okay i'm gonna be honest 40 percent of my content ideas okay i'm gonna not lie 60 to 70 percent of my content ideas written down in my second brain are happening while i'm on the toilet <laughs> i believe that because i used to have the habit of checking my youtube studio or going on social media before I quit that. So now there's just this time and who's really going to say who, all right, what's more gross sitting and meditating while you're taking a dump or being on your phone and like getting some ideas out of your head. It's like, does it sound kind of gross to like meditate while you're taking a dump? <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking about like a formal meditation a little bit, yeah. It's like, mm, it's like, really? You're meditating on that? <laughs> <laughs> Try to really take in your surroundings, you know? Notice the senses. <laughs> yeah, it's mm. like, yeah, I'm, I'm noticing some senses, all right. Here, <laughs> have I ever told you my theory? Or you've probably noticed this because you notice me in all my idiosyncrasies about time. But uh, you remember when I was on the team? Was I ever really that on time to morning practice? <laughs> no no you weren't because and, and, you know even when we were living together we'd be really cutting it close when it came to the lift for me it was because I was sleeping and I wanted just, just the right amount of time to run before we had to get to the morning lift but for you you were already up you were up at 5am trying to squeeze in as much YouTube time as you could before we walk, got out the door yes so I am ever getting flack from C.A about this at one point he's like you know you're never really on time you're never late like you're not late guy but like don't don't think i don't notice that you're like one of the slower guys on the team i'm like no i'm not you haven't figured it out yet it's like what do you mean i'm like dude i i get to practice at six or seven a.m or six fifty nine on the dot and morning practice why do you think that is if i get up at five he's like i don't know it's just like and he didn't really say anything i was like dude because I, I specifically choose to never have buffer time. And I told him what buffer time was. I was like, if I can, I will reduce all buffer time for my life whatsoever. I think it's ridiculous. The, the concept of me getting up at 5, or sorry, 6.40 and immediately going is just as appealing as 5 a.m. and then going last minute. Like, if I'm going to walk out the door at 6.40, I'm going to walk out the damn door at 6.40. <laughs> it doesn't matter 
Yeah, and it's absolutely crazy how people just love getting so they love getting there so early to an event. They get off on being early. What what the hell is? mm, Here's the thing: it doesn't matter whether you're early or not. It's about whether you're you're on your you start the day on your toes or on your heels. Exactly. And there's a lot of people who roll up having just woken up 30 minutes ago, but they're five minutes early to the meeting versus you or someone like me who's already been up for an hour and a half and we're on our toes walking into that meeting. Perhaps I'm in that meeting 30 seconds before it starts, but I only needed 20. And it's okay. It's okay to not glorify this whole five. If you're not five minutes early or late thing, I think the principle itself is okay because it's like you should go into something prepared and like being on time. But I am a firm believer. This is my theory. I have a theory that being on time in the aggregate <laughs> in the aggregate will lose you 50 <laughs> hours in a year. Yeah. Like, yeah, probably could. Like Every year you lose around 50 hours by being early slash almost like being like 10 to 15 minutes early for everything, 5, 10 minutes early for everything. You lose like 50 hours a year. And it's like, what are you going to do at that time? As we've already said, much rather, I would much rather have a larger amount of leisure, discretionary time at the end of the day than five, 10 minutes hanging out with people from work here, 30 minutes at home with whoever I live with. Like, why would you even parse it up like that? I would just just spend all the time with the people I live, the people I love. No offense to people I work with, but I'm not here to hang out. It's true. Now, if I do the math on that, I actually wanted to say a higher number, but then I, I went back on it. So if we think about it, we take 50 hours times 60 is 3,000 minutes, and then divided by 365, that's only eight minutes a day. So honestly, it's probably more like 100 hours a year. It's probably 15 minutes a day. You probably lose like a, you probably, if you're somebody who's like, yeah, I'm always going to be early to things, you lose somewhere between 50 to 100 hours a year. that is so sad and this was the first semester where i was consistently right on time i used to be an early guy yeah but now that we have afternoon practice and i really cherish this morning time for getting deep work in i'm not on i'm not early all the time because why would i be why would i suck away myself from this valuable morning time and energy that i have and then just go and sit on my phone in a classroom. Yeah. What really shows me that people don't understand the value of deep work and like hyper-focus is when I first told that to somebody and their response was this, but what are you really going to do with that extra time? I'm like, five minutes of deep work every day? 15 minutes of deep work every day? Sorry, if it's 100 hours, like, 15 minutes of deep work every day. Do you not get how much you can get done in 15 minutes if you're actually in a flow state? Like a lot. A lot. It's like every single day for 15 extra minutes, I am hyper-focused at this desk. That's an extra edited video. That's no, it's, true. it's like, if you want me to quantify it for you, here you go, buddy. We take the hundred hours. We say I get an extra video because I'm in the state of doing the extra edit that takes me. Let's say it's... It's only half a video a day, right? Like, we get 50 more videos in a year. You quantify that. That's passive income. 
That's me making $100 more a month by the end of the year based on how my content is. If I make a new video, I have proven out based on my model that I will make $2 a month extra in my income because of the passive income that comes from it. It's like, yeah, right, right, I would right. like the extra $100 a month. <laughs> if you want me to quantify it from my current state, tell me that in three years, that's going to be like a grand more a month based on how many views I'll get. Like, yes, I, there's a lot of things I can get with that extra 100 hours. Yeah, a lot. Wow, when you when you quantify like that, that's a... Uh... When you put into dollar figures, yeah, people really, people really stand up. I hate that argument. It's like, well, you clearly are not intentional with your time if you have no. Uh, yeah, of course I have a comeback. That's the whole reason I have the the idea. I think we should step back here for a second, kind yeah. of look at this um, a little bit from a larger lens here, because I think you and I kind of live in this productivity realm at this point. But That's fair. perhaps for some of the people who are thinking about where can I gain buffer time in my life? Sure, we have ideas like laundry, things that just automatically happen, like a just most of modern technology and things that have timers. There's easy examples with that, but where is a place that you think you have been able to find more buffer time or maybe you changed your lifestyle in some kind of way in order to create buffer time that could then be maximized? Because my follow-up question is going to be, how can we maximize our buffer time? You mean like adding buffer time? Yeah, so I can answer first. The One example for me is I started taking the bus. Ah, uh, okay, I see where you go, yep. And so I always used to ride, or I always used to ride my bike going over to my partner's place, about a eight-minute bike ride versus a 15-minute bus ride. Which isn't a big deal, um, but when you think about 15 minutes of just sitting there on my phone, being able to write podcast script or listen to a book that we're listening to on Audible for the podcast, that's pretty solid versus seven more minutes I get back at home to perhaps do some kind of good work, but at this time of the day, I'm usually hitting a lower energy level and I'm usually doing like not really anything major. If anything, I'm just sitting there, you know, just BSing around with roommates. Yeah. So I, I save money being on the, or I save time being on the bike. Yeah. But I have actively decided that for the most part, I'm going to be taking the bus because I'm able to create buffer time where there's nothing asked of me while I'm sitting there on the bus. And then I'm able to just go and do something good for the brand. Yeah, I think it, it matters on three things here. That was really good. I like this. This is a good tangent. Uh, there's th three things that matter when you determine the buffer time, though, from what I'm getting. The time that you'd be doing something like that, the intentionality of what you're switching around, uh, and then there's a third thing I'm blanking on. Maybe I'll get it again. But my whole thesis was this. like, For you, with that perfect example, oh, yeah, how much you're spending already. Uh, basically... What you're doing is understanding a very important thing about your intentionality of your time. I currently am in a space in my life where based on my responsibilities that I've given myself, I need to maximize buffer time that will allow me to work out. You have the exact opposite problem right now. <laughs> you need to maximize time where you can do knowledge work because you already are forced to do so much working out based on your responsibilities. So for you, it is a very smart choice to do what you just said, because if we know how, um, 
you know, the aerobic system works, you really need to get that thing going for at least 30 minutes for them to be any sort of cardiovascular benefit from the current level of fitness that you're at. You need to at least do something for 30 minutes for even to do anything reasonable for cardiovascular benefit. So it's a waste of time for you to be on a bike for seven to 10 minutes. But somebody like me who needs to just get some workouts in because I'm just at my desk too much, Mm -hmm. I would probably do the opposite thing. So this is a very good thing. You need to maximize your buffer time based on the intentionality that you have. So you are multitasking or multi-actioning. You know what I'm trying to say. Like you're you're taking the motion of moving places and utilizing something else paired with it. And most people would think of the, the bike situation as a better option because they need to find time to work out. But for you, you need to find knowledge work more often. Ooh, I like this. I like this. It's almost peeling it back another layer, not saying what are the tools that help us maximize buffer time? Where do we find buffer time? But what are you looking for? Intentional living, baby. Intentional living. Which of those four pillars do you need to fill with a little more stuff? Yeah, because I agree with you. There's a lot of different situations. Riding the bus, taking the stairs. Like the taking the stairs example, I think is good for people like me right now because I need just the more exercise. Um, For some people though, who are really fit, like better better take the uh, sometimes maybe it's better to take the elevator if you're also intentionally doing something with that extra second to like actually write an email while you're in that like you don't know whether that girl did or did not do this but statistically speaking we could say yeah no she was just on her phone or just awkwardly stood there uh and that's okay to make that judgment because you know everything i say is is truth just kidding everything i say is everything i say is uh what was it um anecdotic <laughs> anecdotal no 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 anecdotic oh yeah because that's what yeah no one in the comments knows what the, the actual word is uh anyways um but yeah no i think i think you vibe with what i'm coming at this from yeah i like it i like it so what getting back to my question sorry What's a good example of uh, how you create buffer time? Cool. Um, it happens with a lot of little actions. Uh, like, I, like I mentioned earlier with the shower thing. Um, if I'm ever microwaving something, I'm working out. If I'm ever waiting for somebody to heat up, cooled off. Like there is, you can fit a five minute workout from a core and push up standpoint if you heat up something in the microwave. No, it's true. Because you're waiting for it to cool off too afterwards. You you get up, you put it on for two minutes, you work out for two minutes, you go back, you open the microwave, don't want to touch it for like a minute and a half because it's hot, and go back and do another set of something, and then you go back and you put it down. Like all that kind of stuff, you do have to do those things. You do have to wait for it to cool off or else your hands are going to burn or you grab a paper towel, sure. So you can take that away from my argument. So you can hold it with a paper towel or something and put it on the table, but you're still not going to eat that thing for like two minutes. Like, don't be weird. Don't scold your mouth. <laughs> it's it's actually really funny because um, for a long time, I would agonize grabbing toast at the toaster. Not because I would burn my hands because 
I don't like the way the peanut butter melts on toast when it's hot. You don't? No, I hate Dude, that's that. That's hot. I love, you like that? I love that. I think it's hot. A lot of people like that. It's a, I, feel, I don't know if it's a controversial take or if I'm just sitting in some kind of minority here. But um, <laughs> every time I'm waiting for that toast, I hear it pop. And I'm going to say, okay, one or two more minutes. Because and I think here's another I, another point of this whole buffer time thing is that you do not have to beat the clock. You don't have to be there the second the omelet is ready. It's employing the two-minute rule which I think is maybe like a maybe a core feature of this whole principle here is that you're just jumping into another activity that you might not otherwise do because you realize that it really just doesn't take that much time to do and you might as well do it because you have the time. Like a lot of times I make a cup of tea now, but it's boiling hot water and I'm sitting there waiting for this tea to infuse with the water and for the water to cool down a little bit. I'm like, well, this will probably only take a couple of minutes. I could sit here and just stare at this cup of tea or I can go make my bed. That's a great point. Here's here's a perfect example of it. Something like for me or even anybody. So... If you'd like to continue listening to this conversation, you'll need to subscribe at riseproductive.com slash membership or on your favorite podcast app. Once you do, you'll get full-length access to these episodes of the Rise Productive Podcast, as well as access to our subscriber-only podcast and newsletter, The Weekly Pour Over.